Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, but now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh, my God. The moral is, you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Because I'm about to put on a show. Hello, hello, you're with MNT on Good Pop, Bad Pop. We watch too much TV, so you don't have to. <laughs> now, today we are going to be doing our Emmys wrap up. We're going to talk about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and we're going to give a bit of a chat debrief about season four of Bojack Horseman, and maybe some other bits of news. Well, season five, wasn't it? What season five? What did I say? Four. No, I we talk about four, but I haven't watched it in a year. Yeah, some stuff happened, and then season five was here. So we'll talk about season five. Good call. Mm-hmm. Now, Emmys. Yes, Emmys. So we talked about all the shows and we made our predict- predictions last mm-hmm. episode. We were wrong in every single prediction. So You were. I wasn't. I was pretty... I was more spot on than I thought, but I did okay. Which one did you predict? Well, I don't have the list in front of me. I thought Bill Hader was going to take it out. And, and you were right. I was right. And... Um, I forget the others. You know, I don't remember things. Yeah. This is like doing a wrap-up probably wasn't a good idea for you. Well, I don't know. It depends. I need notes. So, um, All right. Well, I have the list in front of me. me who so won, and how then about I read it? You read it, and then I'll tell you that I was right and you were wrong. So the big winner in comedy was Barry on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Hader won Best Comedic Actor, which uh-huh. we talked about a bit last week. And um, we liked him. I didn't think he was Emmy-worthy. You did. I did. Yeah. I know what's up. I love the idea of him winning an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. Supporting in comedy, Henry Winkler. 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 So no, I Henry Winkler. We well, got old. <laughs> Doesn't that happen? They had <laughs> anyway. Um, as the oh, well, he was an acting teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Who was he up against though? Because I remember I liked the idea of him winning, but he was against Titus. He was against Titus. He was yeah. against Paperboy. I don't care about Paperboy, but it was against Titus. That's right. Um, but Winkler was my second choice. Yes. Um, best Supporting in Drama went to... What was her name? I've blanked. Anyway, it was... Um, it was Maeve, wasn't it? Was it was Maeve. Yeah, I remembered something. Fandy Newton. Mm. Um, you played Maeve in Westworld Season 2. And to be honest, she was the only bright spot. Yes, of that season. strongest uh, of season two for sure. Yeah, she's the only character I mildly invested in this year. Yeah. Mm. Um, drama male support was uh, Peter Dinklage. Mm. Tyrion. Now, he's very good, and he's very good every season. Yeah. I don't think this was a strong Tyrion season. Uh, I actually can't remember. Yeah. Again, memory like a sieve. Um, I assume that it was good. Because he's consistent and um, <laughs> consistency is what you want. Yeah, Amy Award for great consistent acting goes to Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Most prolonged, you know, steady career to yeah. Tom Hanks. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, and there oh. were the the winners there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Reese from The Americans. Mm. I've actually started The Americans this week. Yeah. Um, I can't speculate on why he won an Emmy since this was for season five, and I'm at one o. Two. <laughs> but I'll get there. You'll get there. So make a mental note in about oh, five seasons. In about nine <laughs> months' time, <laughs> I will give a follow-up to this random thought. Okay. Um, best female actor in comedy. 
Mm-hmm. Rachel Brosnahan mm-hmm. for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and they won a few, didn't they? They, uh, yeah, we'll get back to that shortly. Um, but overall, the the next most popular comedies was overall Barry and Atlanta, which both won three Emmys. Atlanta each didn't overall. win any of the big categories. I was pulling for Atlanta pretty hard, so yeah. Um, and Teddy Perkins made an appearance. Oh, did, yes. did you do your homework, M, and watch Teddy Perkins? No, nah, I didn't. I've been busy. I've been watching oh, other stuff. That's disappointing. See yeah. me after cast. Uh, done. <laughs> we'll make you record lines. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, also, it... other good presenters, though. Uh, did you see that Rick and Morty presented an award? Yeah, that wasn't as cringe as I thought it was going to be. That was actually pretty funny. I thought it was, I was really impressed. I was like, how? What? And yeah, it was, it was really good. I liked that. And you also see... Um, Hannah Gadsby presented an award, which was awesome. She's uh, just like, what oh, the Nanette. fuck am I doing here? <laughs> yes. If you haven't seen Nanette, which is her comedy special on Netflix, it is very funny and very uh, emotion-provoking. Yeah. <laughs> she has a lot of so. stories to tell, and she's you'll quite laugh, good at telling cry, them. You'll cry, you'll hate men all over again. So. <laughs> yeah. she, um, Fantastic comedy special. Yeah. Her, her line when getting on stage at the Emmys was, I'm here because I don't like most men and it was funny hurt me <laughs> couldn't help but laugh made me pretty happy i thought it was pretty great uh, mm-hmm. so it was good to see her um get some recognition to get the invite to get up there and i thought that was really really cool and she was very humbled by that and that was awesome um i can't think of anyone else standout that um presented do you know of anyone else that was good they're the, the I two couldn't. main ones that i saw i couldn't watch it I wasn't anywhere near a TV. And you YouTube, said you, right? you couldn't watch it because it wasn't televised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the irony that the Emmys was not broadcast on free to air television in Australia. Uh, yeah, here we are. Welcome to 2018 in Australia where you cannot watch anything. I mean, to an extent, the all these award shows don't matter. And it's all like there's no, no one more self-congratulatory than mm. television and you know, Hollywood. Yeah. So the fact that no one's watching the Emmys is great. But now that we're in an entertainment podcast, I would have liked to have watched it. It would have been nice. <laughs> but you know where you could watch it? Where? Boxtel. Boxtel. No. If you want to pay $50 a month to it see was... reruns of Friends every two minutes. It was Foxtel or Smashed Avo. I went with the Avo and needed them. Good fats. Smart. Good mm. choice. Good choice. Uh, any more Emmy notes, reflections, thoughts, comments, queries? No. We mm. wanted a... Yeah. Um, so, otherwise, because the marvelous Mrs. Maisel did clean up at the Emmys, we have some thoughts about that. Yes. So, have you seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Who? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. They won Emmys, you know. How many Emmys? Eight Emmys. Eight Emmys. Eight Emmys. They broke the record. What record? The record for most Emmys won in a single comedy season. What did they win Emmys for? Best supporting actress. Amazing. Best comedy series. Outstanding. Best lead actress in a comedy. Stunning. Best casting in a comedy series. So who is Mrs. Maisel? A wife on the Upper West Side. In New York? In 1958. And her husband leaves her. Her husband leaves. So she drinks and takes to the stage. She becomes a comedian. Well, she tries to. She gets arrested. Arrested? Arrested. Why is she arrested? For being lewd and using profanity. Why is she lewd? Because it's 1958. And her husband left. But the costumes. The costumes? The costumes. The colour, the flair, the style. Hmm. And the casting. The casting. The casting. The banter, the quips. The back and forth. It's so fast. So fast, so quick. The quips. The quips are so quick. The quits? With a P, there's a P. You really should go to the bathroom. I'm fine. The dialogue is quick. Faster than Gilmore Girls? You need subtitles. Subtitles. Subtitles for the quick quips in the 50s New York accents. So who is Mrs. Maisel? She's trying to find out. 
and be a comedian. With controlling Jewish parents. And no husband. And no husband. And two kids. How does she do it? You'll have to watch and find out. Where? On Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime? Yes, Amazon Prime. Season two is definitely out this year. Season two? Season two. And three is already confirmed. Three seasons already? Well, so far there's just one. But there's about to be two. Well, we had number one, soon it'll be number two. Number one and two? You should definitely go to the bathroom. No, we call that. What do we call that? We call that a callback. <laughs> so, um, how do you think this conversation's going? Fantastic. <laughs> We're not funny. <laughs> I beg to differ. I'm hilarious. I you beg know. to differ? Yeah, I beg to differ. Uh, the clips, anyway, the clips so, are so quick. So, apologies for that. The, um, apologies for what? Why apologize? <laughs> it's um, very fast talking at yeah, times. Yeah. And very, not one-liners, but very... Punchy. Punchy. Punchy jokes. Yeah. you got to pay attention to it. Fast attention. Yeah. Keen eye. Um, Keen eye. Yeah. Yeah. So... I had to put my phone down and actually watch TV for once. Yeah. But yeah, so we we mentioned last podcast that we were really invested in the best comedy series because it was the one where we had seen most of them and mm. then one we hadn't seen one. So we're like, all right, that's worthy of our attention. Mm. And we watched the pilot and it was the strongest pilot I have seen in years. Mm, it just grabbed you right in. And Which is so rare for a pilot. Normally yeah. it takes a show, you know, at least get past the pilot, sometimes two or three episodes to actually get into it. Yeah, there's like... Usually takes four episodes or something like that, and it was just I was drawn in. Sorry, I dropped a pen. Um, <laughs> and uh, for me, when you see the period piece set in another era, it's usually pretty cringe and like doing dealing with cringe issues. And but this didn't overpower the show. It was set in the what late fifties? Yeah, nineteen fifty-eight. Yeah, and it was just great. Um, so if you're not familiar with the show, she tries to become a comedian, as we briefly, quickly mentioned. Mm-hmm. And they did it really well. So her husband leaves her, and she's a traditional young Jewish girl, find the right guy, get married, make the parents proud, um, have kids, or, you know, colour by numbers life. Standard 1950s stuff. Yeah. And she doesn't realise, and no one realises, she's actually brilliant. And that's where the great casting came into it. Um, so she has a crack at stand-up comedy, which mm. I can imagine being a woman in the 1950s, that's difficult. And what She sort of falls into it. Like, she doesn't really intend to do it, and then through circumstance, it sort of happens, and then uh, she loves it. Hmm. And they did, like, a Jewish comedian in New York, it's well-traveled territory, mm. but this show's done it better than any other show I've seen do it, because it focuses on the origins of like a comics act mm. she's um watches other ones she's taking notes and she's sort of learning more about timing and cadence and landing a punchline mm. and a very underrated skill um what i like about that though because that's great to see and i saw know a bit about that through other means but um it was also a good reminder of the time that we're in watching this show because um you know she sort of gets pulled aside going who are you here for who are you writing shorthand for and she's like why couldn't i be writing notes for myself fuck you and uh, so it's a, a you know a nice reminder that hey we're in 1950s women can't do anything yeah allowed yeah and there's this like sort of subtext of you know uh, gender politics in it but it's not in your face and the drive of the show no and that was done very well um, she's doing her stand up and she tells the same joke night after night but every time she delivers it a little bit different and it gets more mm. and more laughs and just mm. seeing this evolution of a, a tight ten yeah was great and the show did it so well and I loved it. Um, we mentioned the Jewish family. Mm-hmm. Now, 
coming from Western Sydney, I don't know a lot about Judaism. Mm-hmm. Everything I learned about it, I learned from John Safran. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's particularly accurate. Um, so, but from what I've pieced together from TV, she's got this cliche Jewish family, mm-hmm. you know, with the very overbearing mother and everything's going to be very proper. And mm-hmm. and these family is hilarious. There's a reason they won Best Supporting Cast. Yeah. Everyone is funny in their own right and also sets up the lead for hilarity as well. And yeah, they set up the jokes, she knocks them down. Yeah. And just there's all these little nods to you know the weirdness of the 1950s mm. and uh, it's funny seeing these you know people or oh my life's so hard living in the upper upper west side or yeah. of new york in these giant penthouses Cause she performs down in in the village so um yeah she sort of spends a lot of time in a different area and uh yeah it's kind of interesting sort of seeing privilege take apart to a degree but as well as trying to make your and forge your own identity as a woman in the 1950s where you're just expected to get married and have children and do nothing else. Cause she, it, they set it up quite straight away that she's intelligent. She, you know, went to university and studied Russian literature or something mm. like that. So, um, yeah, from the get go, you know, that she's a smart, smart lady, but, um, you know, you got to press them clothes. Hmm. So yeah, I can't recommend it enough. We loved every other of the big comedy nominations this mm. year. But this was the best, strongest first season of a show I've seen in years. Yeah. Well worth your time. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, which is sort of newish to Australia, so no one's got it yet. That's why it's sort of a hard show to watch, but... But worth it. Worth it. If you can um, get Amazon Prime. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The the whole show is a tight ten, really. Like, it's so well-crafted, well-put-together, well-written. There's no finding its feet. There's no fluffing around. It's just great from the get-go. The second that's on, you just, wow. You just eat it. Mm. Worth the eight hours. Thumbs up. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Just as a warning, we are going to be talking about some spoilers in Bojack Season 5, so if you don't want to hear those, probably skip to the end of this episode. Sorry. Welcome back. Now... The most recent show we watched, other than Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, is mm-hmm. Season 5 of BoJack Horseman. It's been out for two weeks now, and five years in. Um, em, what'd you think? Uh, I really liked it, as per usual. Uh, BoJack delivered on the promise that it makes every season to destroy you mentally and emotionally. <laughs> Give uh, us, if you've not seen BoJack, give us a quick overview. What's a BoJack about? So BoJack Horseman, it's a, an animated series that is... Um, very clever in its writing. There's always background jokes and puns and gags and wordplay um, in this anthropomorphized world um, of animal people, <laughs> um, which, you know, from the get-go is really bizarre, but just kind of reels you into this world. Um, now, Bojack Horseman is a uh, washed-up 90s sitcom actor. Um, He's Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> could be a lot of different people depending which season you're talking <laughs> David about. David Schwimmer. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's in this wholesome full house type show in the 90s. Um, he's Bob Saget. <laughs> he was in a very famous 90s TV show. He's uh, Bojack Horseman. Don't act like you don't know. So, uh, yeah, he's great and, uh, you know, falls far from the stardom that he once had. Very cliche, uh, you know, drinks a lot likes to relive the past, often gets caught watching his old episodes. Uh, anyway, uh, so he goes through a lot of dramas. He's uh, it's, Well, the, 
the whole premise of who he is as a person is very complex and gets more complex every season. Um, but the the show initially starts with uh, him meeting an author who has to write an autobiography about him, and it's a whole trying to discover who he actually is. Uh, but season five is um, heavy, as always. Um, you know, as soon as you hear a new season's come out, you're like, oh, I cannot wait to just be destroyed by this show. <laughs> Um, and, and the reason it gets away with so much is because it's animated. I don't think any live show could push the envelope as far as BoJack does consistently. I don't think... I feel if, if it wasn't animated, it wouldn't have been as successful. The animated style and the gags give you so much more legs of how much you'll put up with. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you could, like, if you, some of the themes that they explore all through BoJack, particularly in season five, if you saw that in, you know, live action, you'd be like, nah, you can't, you can't say that on television. <laughs> um, but what I really liked about this season was the origin stories that they explore. And there's always a, you know, some, some backstory that gets explored every season. Uh, but I feel like there was some really in-depth themes that they went into here. So as always, you know, BoJack's got some, dark shit he's trying to both cover up and go through all at the same time um diane who's the the author for whatever the um hollywood version of buzzfeed is and she's going through some stuff so she tries to reconnect with her roots and goes to vietnam because she's a vietnamese character but an american vietnamese um so much so that she's played by alison brie so um yeah, she's played by a very, very white American actress. Um, which is Her sort of family's a... from Boston and American yeah, despite being yeah. Vietnamese. <laughs> Wait, is she adopted? No. no. no the the whole adopted. family is Vietnamese, but yeah, just like right. American as. So yeah, yeah. when she w- wants to. She's second like, or third gen. Yeah, and um, she's asking, like, what? We've been from in Boston forever. Yeah, Boston. Boston. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she tries to rediscover her heritage uh, by going to Vietnam and has some adventures, but still feels ultimately kind of lonely and isolated. Um, we see. Uh, in the Halloween episode, which is one of my favorite episodes of this season, uh, the Halloween parties that Bojack throws, and you go through the, all the the decades and years that Mr. Peanut Butter has brought girlfriends to, and you sort of see that you know he's never growing up, and each new person is a you know the same age. And... Yeah, like a lot of these shows, the punching line and the punching bag is all of these characters are horrible in different ways. Yeah, and even the ones who are straight edge and friendly. Their crap in different ways too. Everybody's and, suffering. Yeah, and so this was a fun one with the happy-go-lucky, really friendly guy. He also had some severe issues as he's trying to put together his fourth failed marriage yeah. <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, and it's hard to see because you're like, oh, you know, if anyone's gonna figure it out, it'll be this guy. And it's nah, nah. He, uh, and there was a lot of exploring when so you've done something bad and you're suffering. And so you're like, oh, I need to, I need to solve it. I need to confront the person, apologize, and there's sort of an exploration of uh, who is that to benefit? You want to apologize and make a big scene to make you feel better. That mm. won't make the person you wronged feel any better. That's just going to drag them through the mud again. Yeah. What are your rights? Like, what's the right thing to do there? Should you just sit and stew and the fact that you've done something horrible, mm. or do you have any right to? reconnect with you know this theoretical victim yeah and drag them through and they explored this from a few angles and a few of the different character arcs and 
Yeah, there wasn't. It wasn't answered. That's the whole well, premise. That, it was complicated. Well, that's the thing. This season is a is a big reflection on the hashtag Me Too movement and a lot of the problems that uh, we have in you know not just Hollywood but in everywhere. Um, and it sort of really brings forward this question of uh, and and look, it doesn't. This season does not excuse the behavior of terrible men who do terrible things, but it questions actions and what you do about those actions and how that reflects on someone as a person. So it really, it, it, it doesn't just go, oh, you know, bad guys do bad things. It's, um, and, you know, shit's always more complicated than that. Anyone who's been through anything knows it's more complicated than that. And it really delves into that complexity with Bojack and some of the other characters too. Is Bojack bad or has he just done bad things? Can he be redeemed? Should he be redeemed? He tries to be good, but is that enough? Does that excuse anything? And he wants redemption and he wants to be punished. And like you said, is is that selfish? Is it cyclical behavior? You know, you do bad things, you want redemption to be excused so you can continue doing bad things. And he's never held accountable for anything, which is, um, you know, quite a big commentary on white men and how they never get dragged through the dirt. <laughs> they even escalated anything. this even further with um, talking to other people in Hollywood, so they're Hollywood, mm. and he's like, oh, I'm a bad person, I've done bad things, and I feel bad, and... Everyone took away from it. Oh, yeah, we all did bad things and feel bad, but we're all in this together. And it was all very, well, we're all horrible. So it's cool. (laughs) It's sort of this dark punchline to it. And And there's this, that's what I love about Bojack. There's so many layers to this. Uh, Like even he's playing a character in a a new TV show called Philbert, who, you know, does some bad things. And and he starts to feel really bad because, you know, is that reflective of who he is and um, there's a whole arc around, well, are we glorifying this behavior by making these bad characters or, you know, are we excusing this behavior, normalizing it? And then on top of that as well, um, it's, yeah, it's just a a reflection. This is how, this is how layered this is. So him playing that character is a meta reflection of Bojack, which is a meta reflection of, of what we're dealing with <laughs> as a society and um yeah and it just this show just fucks with you it just fucks with you repeatedly and it makes you think a lot and todd builds a giant sex robot that accidentally becomes the president of the company yeah which just is... just to remind you that you're watching a cartoon yeah which god um... bless todd <laughs> for keeping us tethered to not reality yeah you go todd uh, but and and that's hilarious but even that in itself has political statements that, you know like a sex robot could be running an organization, but probably not a woman. I actually, now that I've said it out loud, yeah, I didn't pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> watching that, that the boss was a sex robot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that like it's just an example of the level of writing in this show is just sheer brilliance all the time, and even just the amount of writing and jokes that goes into this. Not just all the thought-provoking social commentary stuff and the emotionally disturbing stuff that really just destroys you, but all the hidden jokes. I found an article on, um, you know, by Vulture that had 61 Easter eggs and hidden jokes in season five. Like, whose job is it to find these, first of all, and how can I get this well, job? Well, the animators. Like, <laughs> there was... No, no, no. My I mean, favourite was the... Whose job is it to find all of these and write an article about it because I want right. that job. But that's just... Like, my my just... favourite was uh, they're set doing an establishing shot mm. of a bar. Yeah. And someone's having a conversation and they scroll past and there's a rabbit sitting at the bar wearing a racing bib, looking really sad, drinking. Mm. Then they scroll across a bit and then there's a turtle in a booth with his friends yeah. celebrating <laughs> wearing a racing bib. You know, tortoise in the hair. Yeah. Um, 
That was the only one I picked up. Uh, all, this is what I love about BoJack is that you can rewatch it and just you always pick up something every time. Historically, one of my favorite things has been was their montage about living in 2007, which is funny because you never think about that being a time, but it was totally a time. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, yes, oh, I got all of these things. Um, and they had a few episodes with these little minor arcs I did. So mm. Todd is an asexual character who's trying to date, and he has this whole thing where he's meeting his sort of girlfriend, friend's family, yeah. and she's worried they won't be accepting because he's asexual. And it was mm. funny because it was a, a, you know, a cliche plotline, but flipped over and i found that really interesting because you know asexuality meaning you're not interested well you, not you define it for yeah. me <laughs> asexuality means that you are not sexually attracted to anybody yeah that's not interested yeah just stop. not interested in sexual encounters and yeah they're exploring what's that's like whether you know how you make friends and date and anyway it was well beyond me you'd have more of an insight into that but it was a really you know interesting take on a classic well, TV plotline. What was funny about that is, um, yeah, how, how it was sort of, I guess, flipped in a way because it's exploring that avenue. And to give that more context, her parents are both... Um, um, porn stars and adult yeah, film. Yeah, so they were involved in adult film. They're very yeah, extremely sex positive. And um, so what's interesting is that they're going through this complex issue, but hidden within this hilarious classic Todd plot line where they get mixed up in some old family lube and it's a whole ridiculous situation so as always you can count on todd to bring the uh the silly plot lines just to yeah again remind you that you're in and then he built a sex robot then he built a sex robot because <laughs> of a whole other thing you just gotta see it um so yeah i mean there's just always always everything in here and the other one of my favorite episodes in in season five bojack the feminist well, yeah, that was also great. And that, that was more of the very obvious reflection on the, the Me Too movement and how no one listens to anything about feminism unless a man says it. And he comes out with this, like, cap that says feminist AF on it and so on and so on. He just sort of repeats very simple things. And everyone's like, whoa, yeah, you're a feminist. And um, so that that's the very, like, base level of how this is a social commentary piece. Um, but it delves so much deeper in that and behind a lot of the other type things as well. Uh, but my, no, my other favorite episode was the bottle episode of the, um, the eulogy, Free Churros, the episode mm-hmm. Free Churros. Um, so minor spoilers for season four, but... Oh, well... Um, <laughs> look, Yet a year. Look, but Bojack's gone through some shit. <laughs> and his parents are less than stellar individuals. Um, so throughout all the seasons, you sort of see these glimpses of Bojack's uh, upbringing and childhood and how he was you know blatantly ignored and reprimanded by his father for doing nothing other than just being a child and he was a drunk and his mum was hysterical and there's a lot of mental illness in his family and um anyway so he's you know spoilers he's giving uh a eulogy for his mother who's passed away and the thing about this eulogy episode is for starters i mean will arnett and that performance of just a 30-minute monologue was amazing. And I hope that he gets an award somewhere for this because it was just fantastic. And so not only is that performance great, but just listening to Bojack kind of work out how he felt about his mother in this eulogy is um, 
so complicated and there's weird elements of that where you like shit you know you really think about your relationship with your own parents and either relate to it or you know thank the gods that your relationship is not like that and and it's just weird hearing him kind of um you know use this casket as a sounding board for how he feels and question how he's supposed to feel and it's just an amazing episode you should definitely uh what if you're gonna watch any episode um in this season watch that one uh, it's fantastic so overall you like the season i love the season um yeah social commentary up to 11 uh amazing individual stories as always and of course loving all the uh well 61 if not more hidden jokes all mm-hmm. spread throughout the season so definitely worth a watch well done mm. bojack season five I really liked it. Um, it wasn't the strongest one for me. Mm. And at this point, you're either on the BoJack train or you're not. If you've yeah. been watching it up to this point, you will definitely watch season five and not be disappointed. Yeah. If you're not on the train yet, this episode won't, uh, this season won't be the one to get you on it. It was very, mm. you know, a few high concept episodes, but generally the same yeah. as season four. They know what they're about now. And you're either invested in this car crash or you're not. <laughs> yeah. And what a car crash it is. Yeah. That's Bojack. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to this episode of Good Pop, Bad Pop. I hope you liked our reviews. Um, M, want to hit us with those socials if you want to keep track of our activities? On the socials, you can find us at www.facebook.com forward slash Good Pop, Bad Pop podcast. You can find us on Twitter at um, good pop underscore bad pop and you can find us on twitch at uh, good pop bad pop one word i think that's all of our socials we have for the time being we'll probably get instagram later but eh, we'll see how we go <laughs> uh, until then that is it from us keep listening in our next episode episode six where we'll talk about uh, what's happening in news we've got some gaming news we've got some book news and we'll have a bit of a chat about forever See you then.